Welcome to the Crash the Pond podcast. It is a Wednesday hump day edition hump of day. the show as someone just randomly is singing in the background. Yeah, I'm trying to get that to stop. I will see if I can. Yes, there's singing going on, but that's okay. We actually delayed the podcast this week to Wednesday in the hope of news, in the hope of getting a new contract extension to talk about. But predictably, 48 hours is just not enough runway. So here we are, but we still got plenty to discuss, plenty to break down with this team, despite the fact that it's the the heat of summer. And I'm just going to jump ahead here and expose a question that was asked to us in our Discord. What? Why, Why does our good friend Mike think that summer is the worst season? Because he asked us, what is the worst season and why is it summer? It's July 26. We are in the thick of summer. Do you concur with that statement? No, summer is great. Summer is the summer is undoubtedly the best season. Like with without a doubt, the best season. And the Trump all or the, the thing that trumps everything for it is the amount of sun you get. Sun is good for your mental health. It's sure the heat can be bad at times. But yeah. there's air conditioning, there's fans, there's ways to cool down and get yourself a little bit cooler and help. But you are able to have the sun. The sun is like the sun is still peeking through my window right now a little bit. Like it's just going down the hill on the other side of my outside of my house. And like 8 to 8:30 is so so much better than the sun going down at 5 p.m. Like, yes. just from a mental health perspective, coming home, and I, I leave work at 4, getting at 7, coming home, and the sun is, like, still in the middle, like, still very high up by the time I get home around 4.45-ish, is amazing. As compared to winter, when it's starting to set, like, it's just, there's so much more to do. It's such a better time. You don't have the darkness. It's just so much better on your mental health. Yeah, so, I don't know. Like, here's my actual take, my actual belief, is there's not really a bad season. Every season has its pros and cons. Correct. And summertime has its pros, like you alluded to. It's it's much lighter later, which is a lot of fun. You can do more stuff outside. But it, the heat is a real thing. Not everyone has central air conditioning in, in California, and so that can be very very much a challenge. So, I understand the the pushback against summer. I also understand why summer is great. Like I, I just don't think there's a bad season. Cause like winter, yes, winter gets dark early and in other parts of the continent, it gets extremely cold, but it's also a time of gathering. It's a time of seeing family. And for some people that can be a great thing for other people, not so much, but I don't know. Every season is kind of, it's just pros and cons to me. Cause I used to think summer was the best. And as I've gotten older and no longer a kid having summer vacation, I'm not biased anymore towards summer because I think growing up as a kid, you always think summer is the best season because that's when you don't have school. DB but- Lowry chimes in and says, everyone rips on summer until they have to deal with their first blizzard. I can uh, honestly say, I no, I've dealt with the blizzard, but it's like going to the mountains. The blizzard's actually fun because you get to go on the mountain and, and snow and ski. Yeah, unless you're driving. Like that. But I've never dealt with a blizzard at my house. So that's something I've never had to deal with, probably never will deal with. On yeah, just the, like a daily uh, commute or something along the day to day of living in winter is just completely foreign to us living in California. Yeah, and yeah. so 
Yeah, like I prefer California weather because I think every season is mostly pretty mild except summer, which gets really hot. I enjoy that. I don't know if I could do the East Coast. Uh, just every season is just kind of crazy. Like on the East Coast in the summer, you get thunderstorms, rain one day, extreme heat and humidity the next day. Like that's just too much for me. Yep. Too much variability. So, and I would say that I'm partial to Northern California just because I think that the, the winter, quote unquote, actually does get colder as opposed to SoCal where it's kind of like it's chillier at times. But actually this last year was cold pretty much everywhere, which was nice. But we'll see if that continues. Anyway, too much weather talk, too much weather talk. But I just wanted to expose the summer hate because I felt like it was just, it was a little unfounded. There's there's pros and cons to everything. Yeah, summer's the best season. Speaking of seasons, though, the duck season is, what's the what's the jersey number away from, from the duck season? Is there a, is, is there like how, a... How many days away from the duck season are we? Are, are we like Wayne Gretzky days away or like what's the, what's the number? <sighs> I saw it on Blue Sky today. You were on uh, Blue Sky? I go on Blue Sky every day. What's the point of going? Like, respectfully, I don't have any reason to check Blue Sky because there's like... Because th- I make fun jokes There's just Sky. There's just... Like, I'm not getting any news on Blue Sky. I'm no, not, I'm not getting any news on it. Like, there's like just to, no like utility. I like to check. There are people on there that I enjoy that post fun content there. Threads I mean, finally has a For You timeline. And I've... Or not a For You, sorry. A, a following timeline. And oh. I feel like that may... That may push me away from X or whatever, whatever, whatever it's going to, whatever, whatever it'll be the called hell by, being called. Yes. Um, anyway, I'm the duck season to... is coming up, and actually, the the prospect scrimmage or prospect tournament was announced. Was it last week? This week? Whatever. Oh yeah, it was this week, and it's going to be in Vegas. So we're starting to get the feeling of the season arriving, but there's also not that much news. So I thought it'd be interesting to look at what are just a few things that really stick out to us about this upcoming season. So what are things that really interest us that we're just dying to find out that we're dying to uncover, or maybe we have certain beliefs that we want to see if they end up being true or not. So we, we got together and said, this is what we were going to do. We have varying levels of preparation between the two of us. That's fine. Thanks. We, we are, I didn't, I didn't say it was either you or me. So take that for what you will. But I thought it'd be good to just kind of parse out these questions because it can kind of create a little theme for, for the upcoming season. Because I think where the Ducks are at, just 40,000 feet view, they're not going to be, no one expects them to be a playoff team next season. But I don't think that most people don't expect them to be the 32nd ranked team anymore. So in a season where the playoffs probably aren't realistic, you're obviously not going to go win a Stanley Cup, but you're also not really tanking anymore. Like what is going to make this interesting? when you're kind of inching towards the middle. So do you have a topic you want to start with or should I kick us off? We are officially Ilya Brizgalov days away Ilya Briz- from, wait. from the Anaheim duck season beginning. Wait, so is that, didn't he have, didn't he wear number 80 at one yes. point? Yep. yep. So we're 80 days away. We're 80 days away. That's Cause, what cause I was doing he- while you were giving that whole spiel. So I wasn't really paying attention to be fair. Okay, what is the biggest thing that interests you about the Ducks going into uh, next season? Biggest thing that interests me about the Ducks is what does Greg Cronin kind of do with their defensive zone, zone system? Because it's been talked about at length that the D zone structure was really a man to man, or yeah, man to man system in the D zone. It drove all the D men up high in the in the defensive zone and really kind of put a bunch of guys out of position. 
and led them to being one of the worst defensive teams in the modern day NHL history. And what does Greg Cronin do to fix that? What does he instill in the defensive zone to get guys in better positions to play their roles better and essentially optimize the in zone defense? Yeah. So this kind of ties into what my number one question was as well, was just life after Dallas Aikens. Yeah. Because I think that one thing that we've been hammering the last, I mean, ever since Dallas Aikens kind of star faded and we realized that this was going south, we've been saying that this team is just basically handicapped by Dallas Aikens being its coach. And so I guess the biggest question for me is just, will that Aikens effect be proven to be real if it hasn't already? Because I think we could point to examples of it being real already with players leaving who were struggling in Anaheim and then being automatically better once they get elsewhere. Like think of like Hampus Lindholm or Josh Mahura. Or is this team as bad as it's been made out to be? Right? Yeah. Because because that's the that's the danger now is that okay, we've been saying for a long time Dallas Higgins is the reason for almost all of this. Yeah. What happens if the team is still awful? Mm-hmm. Like do we have egg on our face at that point? Oh, 100%. I mean, it just also shifts the narrative to being, okay, maybe the team, maybe this the, the core guys here, it's going to take a whole lot longer. And I think that that is, I think that's the interesting part because I think it's going to be, as dumb as it sounds, it's almost put up or shut up time for the current, not the current core, but I think guys like Troy Terry, like, I think we could realistically, if the Ducks are poor this year, I could, I think Terry ends up in, trade conversations around the deadline yes like i think if the ducks are truly awful this year i think that can genuinely happen regardless of the contract that he ends up signing even if it goes if it goes to arbitration even more so but if even if it's a long-term deal if the ducks don't view that as being uh a great uh, or aligning with their core because of where they're at and the fact that a new coach isn't really able to get much more out of it and this is going to be a much longer rebuild and it's going to take even longer to get to playoff contention then trading terry for picks or really young prospects might be the route to go and so i i think that's definitely going to be fascinating because i i think i mentioned it last year at the very beginning of the season that kind of the re the logic behind canning dallas akins early on is about um was about knowing what you have in your team before you give these guys their extensions. And so the Ducks didn't end up doing that, but the same concept still applies right now in terms of knowing what you have and if those, if it's worth it to invest in those guys right now or find guys that are more towards the future. What do you think the likelihood is if the Ducks sign Troy Terry to, let's say, a six-year extension this summer which we have no clue if that will happen right now or not, but let's just say that that were the case. Mm-hmm. What do you think is the likelihood that he this team is years that this team then trades him less than a year later? The like, likelihood, assuming like that the 5%, team five percent, let's very let's, very low. Well, no, but let's just say that the team is bad. You are at that point where you are staring down potentially a longer timeline. Do you? So you still hold that five percent at that point. Yeah, just because I don't know if Pat Verbeek pulls the trigger on that. So maybe that's what's coloring. Like, we don't know. But maybe that's what's coloring this negotiation between the Ducks and Troy Terry is that I'm sure that they're more comfortable giving a player like, let's say, Trevor Zegers or even Jamie Drysdale a longer-term contract. But with Troy Terry, there is a bit of that danger of, hey, if you give him the seven years, six years, whatever, and then you're still really bad for another two years, 
you're kind of in no you're kind of in no man's land because then you can't really trade him. The team is still bad. So what are you really getting out of that contract? So maybe that's what's holding this up. I this is not really and none of this is really how I view the situation, but I think that that's maybe a real risk that we should not completely ignore. Yeah, and just to refresh everyone's mind on, on this, because we'll probably talk about it in some questions and things like that, but Troy Terry's arbitration date is August 2nd, so we are officially... What's the uh, jersey number? One what? week out from the arbitration case. So the Ducks We're, have six days to hammer out this deal before... Where Eric se- Branson days away? Was it Eric Branson Six? Was, was he, he six? six? I was thinking Ben Lovejoy was where I was going. Oh, anyway... I think we're, Branson wore two, maybe. We're we're no no no. He wasn't two. He was anyway. We're we're mediocre defenseman days away. Hey, from, Ben Lovejoy was underrated. I'll stand on. by that. I'll I'll look up uh, Eric Branson here as we okay. continue. But yeah, and, and so I think no, it's August second, so it's uh, next Wednesday. So we so have one week, seven days, seven days. But they do if they want to avoid arbitration. That by the time the the case starts they have to have settled on a contract that was something that was brought in in the memorandum of understanding in 2020 um or was it 2021 whenever that was signed uh that you can no longer negotiate with players once you hit uh once you hit arbitration so yeah, once well, you are once the hearing arbitra- starts you can't no you can't that you anymore. used to be able to but now you cannot so i think that's dumb like you need you need a debt you need a real deadline <laughs> i don't what do you mean like you need a deadline. Like if the if the actual hearing date doesn't really mean anything, where the hearing can start and you can still settle. Like, what are the rules once the hearing oh, starts? So yeah. Like, so you're you're a fan of them doing it now. Yeah, I think you need how, you need okay. you need a bright line. I think. Fair. Yeah. And so and, and like you've you've mentioned, the Ducks will have the option of whether if it does hit that point, we'll have an option of one year or two years. Um, I think that there is a walkaway amount. Whereas if the where if the arbitrator awards. A, the the player a certain amount the ducks can walk away i don't foresee that happening yeah no um but the ducks will most likely pick one year because two years would walk them to unrestricted free agency um so yeah i mean we're getting into crunch time crunch time on troy terry and so i've said this before the ducks have to know what his number will be as does his own party and maybe they're using that for leverage maybe they know yeah. may, maybe they're trying to get a little bit more out from the ducks uh, and using that leverage to they know where the arbitrator will end up at. Um, and so they're trying to be higher than that and get more than that from the Ducks within this negotiation. I, for a while, was thinking it was just term-related. But maybe they're using this deadline to get a little bit more out. Because from the Terry perspective, and just trying to lay it out there, right? And this is no longer on your topic, but That's I think fine. it's an important it, it, it conversation. It goes into it. It goes into it. Uh, on the Terry side of it, just from a negotiation standpoint, right? I think for him, it actually in some ways benefits his party to hit arbitration, right? Like not completely, but there is a, more of a benefit for him hitting arbitration than the Ducks getting to arbitration. It puts the squeeze on the Ducks. Correct. So I think if we're talking about a leverage situation, Troy Terry has the leverage going into arbitration because even if the Ducks do end up winning ar- the arbitration case and get the amount lower it's not a good situation with a one-year deal and you having to redo this next summer. Do you and think, so, do you th- Oh, sorry, go ahead. And so I think from a, if you're looking at kind of who has the leverage, I think Terry has all the leverage right now and maybe it's something that gets settled maybe next Monday, next Tuesday and the ducks have to give in to avoid arbitration because from the ducks perspective, that is a much harder deadline to avoid that. 
because you don't want to get to there. Well, I guess this really comes down to the question of what, and you've already touched on it, but what is this? What is the fight over? Like, what is? I don't want to say what's the holdup because these things take time, but what? What is the sticking point? Maybe there's multiple sticking points. Maybe it's a tiered out sticking yeah. point ranking, but I don't know. Like, I can't. I we we don't know. Like, we don't yeah. know. We we don't even know how the ducks view Troy Terry, right? Because I mean, you, we have from Pat Verbeek's comments from the the pancake yeah. breakfast. Well, we've I've shit on that enough to where I don't think <laughs> I anything I I can't in good faith take anything away from that. Maybe you can, but I just think that I just wanted we, to bring it up. What if the Ducks want to get him on like a four year deal or something yeah. like that, or you know, like maybe Troy Terry wants a shorter term deal. Like it, it's just hard to know which way the the wind is blowing from either party, and so it's very interesting. We and we will never know this information quite likely because the Ducks aren't a leaky ship. And there's just not enough buzz around the team to where these things get leaked out. So you're, so you're telling me random rumors popping up about the Ducks organization are patently false? You can overlook them, I would say, 99% of the time. So so you're saying that the Boston Bruins will not be offer sheeting Trevor Zegers? No. No, they can't, right? They did don't you, have the picks? Yeah, did you, yeah, there was a rumor that popped up that the Ducks would be offer sheeting them. or uh, that, Sorry, the Bruins would be offer sheeting uh, Trevor Zegers. And then I just quickly looked at Cap Friendly and realized they, don't have they the can picks. only... They can only offer sheet someone up until 1.4 million. Yeah, it's just not happening. Uh, okay, let's uh, let's get through the rest of these these topics here. So, anything else on Troy Terry? I mean, it is somewhat worth discussing because these are this could very well be the last time we get to talk about this before yeah. the next podcast. So, what is your what is your closing statement on the Troy Terry situation? Uh, closing statement on the Troy Terry situation is patience. Wow, that's deep. Thank you for mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Patience is a virtue. Be virtuous. Mm-hmm. Okay, here's my next fascinating thing that I will be looking for next season. Uh, is Ryan Strom actually washed up, or was he another victim of the Aikens effect? Because, again, this this does tie into the, the Greg Cronin situation, but Ryan Strom just had possibly his worst season ever as, yeah. like an, as an NHL veteran, and... If you just look at his numbers, like they took a massive, massive nosedive. And you look at like the tracking data where you would think, oh, you know, maybe you can still suss out that he's doing some some things really well. Like even that is not really that encouraging. And so I'm just really wondering, you know, the Ducks made a hefty investment in Ryan Strom. Call it what you will, but it is a significant investment in Ryan Strom. And they really, really could use... Ryan Strom not being completely cooked by year two of his contract. I guess by year one in this current hypothetical. But what do you think about the chances of Ryan Strom refinding his his game in year two? I, as I, a I think it's I think it's high. And yeah. now, granted, he was playing in a very favorable situation in New York, playing alongside Artemi Panarin. That helps um, a lot. That helps a lot. But if you look at just like the the guard charts for him over the course of his career, there's like. And you and I both have our issues at times with using Gar because it's not always projectable because it's points. It's in some ways. Uh, it's a decent smell test over time. It's a smell test over time because points are baked in there. But when you gain enough games, points become a little bit more projectable and predictable as compared to on a smaller st- sample size. But if you look at his uh, year over year Gar totals, there's like a stark fall off last year. So he has consistently either been a zero so just essentially replacement level 
which is what he was with the Islanders, the Oilers. And then for the Rangers, he ends up jumping up to about uh, two and a half standing points above replacement level. So about one goals above replacement or sorry, uh, one win above replacement if you're going off that. And then falls to negative five standing points above replacement. Mm-hmm. So jumps drops from two and a half to negative five between two seasons ago and last season. Like yeah. that is a very stark drop off where I don't think you can just simply say the player got worse. I think that you can in some ways look at the environment and say maybe there was a favorable environment for him in New York, but there was such a negative environment for him in Anaheim that it really uh, negatively impacted him. Yeah, I think that we can't say for sure that the player got worse, but we can absolutely say that the environment got worse. Correct. By by like orders of magnitude. Yeah. So, and this ties back into our Cronin fascination, but with a better environment, hopefully, presumably, does Ryan Strom reappear? And I guess to answer my own kind of hypothetical here, I think that he will because I think that Greg Cronin will tidy things up to a degree and i think that ryan strom is just one of those guys who isn't like a system breaker he's not like a trevor zegris yeah or a troy terry or that kind of player where no matter what you put them in they're still going to go and get their numbers they're still going to go and get their offense like even trevor zegris who we may or may not get to at some point here even in a season where his underlying numbers defensively were abhorrent he still was driving scoring on the ice and he was still picking up points. So that, that is, I mean, it, we'll get into it later, but that is a great signal. Whereas Ryan Strom, he's just not that caliber of player. And so I think that with a better system, he can be back and the ducks need him to be back. Yeah. For goals above replacement. So I, I transitioned from standing points to goals just because it's, it's easier to, to stomach. He was about 10 goals above replacement uh, in New York. He dropped to negative 15 in Anaheim. <laughs> yeah, that is such a crazy variance that it's just like he's he's just got to be better. There's, some, like, there's something off there. Like he's probably going to still not be as good as he was in New York. But no. Like, but I don't think that should be the, the expectation. It should just yeah. be, can he get back to being just a plus player? And I don't yep. mean plus minus. I just mean like positive impact. Yep. Uh, okay. Here's my next one. Oh, I don't, I don't get one? Oh, I don't know. I don't know what your situation is, but yes, go ahead. You haven't just you've just been taken over and not even throwing to me as I'm coming up okay. with them on I'm the I'm throwing fly. I'm throwing to you. I'm throwing um, to you. If John Gibson is a duck, how many games does he play this upcoming season? Huh. Because it really feels like they are if they're shopping him, they have to have utmost confidence in Lucas Dostal. Yes. And if that is the case, you would expect that there will be a more of a fifty fifty split, right? And that really is what I'm curious to be curious to see is how many games does Gibson play? Does Greg Cronin just ride him if he's still a duck or does he have some incentive or some direction from Pat Verbeek to kind of do more of a 50, 50 split between the two goalies to get Lucas Dusto playing time in the NHL, because he's going to be the back of next year yes. or the starter, depending on if John Gibson is still a duck, like the ducks have not gone out and signed a goalie. And so yes, go ahead. That that is for sure on purpose with Lucas Dostal being NHL ready. So I have a few thoughts here. One okay. is, on one hand, you could say, "Oh well, John Gibson, well he played in fifty three games last year, so they're already t- tapering down his his minutes." But we know that's not fully accurate because you have to look at 
what's the percentage of games that Gibson started when he was available? And I don't know that exact statistic, but when John Gibson is healthy, it feels like he's playing 90% of the games. Like, like he plays a lot when he's healthy. The thing is, he always misses at least, you know, three to four weeks per season. That's just how it is. That's how it's been. That being said, on the flip side of that, I don't... There's two things. I don't see the Ducks... I don't think that in an ideal world, the Ducks are trading John Gibson. I don't think that they want to be trading John Gibson. I think that they are trading John Gibson or trying to trade John Gibson because they have to at this point because of the fact that he wants out because of the fact that the situation has been rocky and yes, there are contract considerations, but I think that in a perfect world, Pat Verbeek would probably prefer to have John Gibson still be playing at a good level and be there to mentor Lucas Dostal as he comes up the ranks, which leads into my second point, which is that I just don't see a world where Dostal is the shoe in starter next season. I mean, you got to you got to look at the track record here. He played 19 games last season for the Ducks and he earned he earned the right to stay in the NHL and he played quite a bit because of injury, especially around the holidays, but to go from 19 games to 40 plus games to me is just such a huge leap and maybe he can and there's a great argument that he can't do it, but I just don't see the Ducks specifically throwing that much onto his plate and maybe they shouldn't either maybe that they should slow play it and so regardless if john gibson is a duck or not come the fall i see a scenario where they bring in or try to bring back another veteran goaltender just to kind of be that cushioning uh that insulation for lucas dostal because it's a big jump he's only 23 and as a goalie like that he's still got a lot to learn in the nhl so you can tell me if I'm right or wrong there, but that's my view of the situation. Yeah, I agree. Okay. Okay. Well, because that was kind of countering what you were saying, but I, you, you, you're accepting the counter. I got zoned out for a quick second. There's a lot going on here. Okay. Where's so, where is here? Recap. A lot going on. Just, sorry. Personal stuff. Figuring out. Uh, repeat one more time. Summarize. Basically, I don't see the Ducks just making Dostal the starter, even if Gibson is... I w- no, I agree with that. And so okay. my, my point wasn't um, my point wasn't necessarily that I expect them to make Dostal the starter. My point is, will there be more of a push towards John Gibson playing less games and Dostal playing more and getting closer to a yeah. 50-50 split? So, yeah, I think that, yes, that should that should 100% happen yeah. if Gibson is around because they just you're just getting the most out of both guys in, in that situation. So Yep, agreed. All right, your next point. Okay, this is kind of a misnomer, but it's what I wrote down. It's what will the Ducks' third pairing look like? So here's the thing. Okay. Right now, I think that there are only three names on the blue line that you can definitively pencil in I guess pencil isn't the right word because pencil you can erase that you can sharpie in on the blue line. Radko Gudis, Jamie Drysdale, and Cam Fowler. I think that after that, it's completely wide open. Here I'd are the names. One, I'd add one more. I don't think that there's one more. It's Cam- Gudis, Drysdale, Fowler, and after that, there is a wide there's a wide group of contestants: Robert Hag, Colton White, Jackson Lacombe, Olin Zellweger. Drew Hellison, Pavel Mitukov, and Uro Vakanainen. So, it's not really just about the third pairing. It's actually about the next three defensemen after those first three. You're saying that there's a fourth. Who's the fourth? I think Jackson Lacombe. Huh. 
Okay. I think that the Ducks were so adamant about getting him out of college. They were so focused on getting him signed. They, I think, really liked the way they played um, over down the stretch at the end of the season. I think that he is almost a lock. I think maybe he's not along the he's not in the same position as those other three. So I would probably agree that it's three most likely, but I think you can almost put him there. That's fair. I mean, he he's a lefty, right? I'm not getting that wrong. Yes, correct. So he is a bit of an easier fit because you have Gudas on the right side there. Yep. And he does feel like the most kind of ready of those guys, yeah. unless you're not unless you're counting Hag and White. Like I think crew. He, I think him and Hellison. Hellison I wouldn't put in that category. But I think that those no. are the two that are probably closest. But going back to then my original title, yeah, which sorry. I said was a misnomer, but is actually if you want to say it's four, then it's not a misnomer because then the third pairing is completely wide open. I mean it, even still, even if it is four. Yeah. We don't know who it's going to be. Olin, like last season, we thought Olin Zellberger had a good chance to make the team. He got he didn't even make it to the end of training camp. Drew Hellison, yeah. we don't know. Pavel Mintukov, we have no idea. Earl Vakanainen, you, I feel like this has become a bit for you, but is he even healthy? Like, Do we even know his injury status? No clue. So it's just going to be fascinating to me because there's a lot of names there. There's a lot of potential there. Let me ask this a different way. Do you think that there's a bad outcome with how this shakes out for the Ducks blue line? Um, I think there's an outcome I would not like from a personal standpoint, which is... Robert Hag second pairing? Correct. <laughs> because I just think from an enjoyment standpoint. But also, if there's the logic behind it of wanting these guys to play more in the AHL to develop, I think that there is... Play with some, Matt McIlvain. Like, play with Matt McIlvain. I think there is some justification that you could have there, can have there. I don't know if I would necessarily like it, but I could at least follow the the route that they're going, the thought process they're having, which is all that I'll ask for at that point in time. Okay. So, I mean, that's really just because to me, on one hand, yes, the Ducks, I think, want to win more games next season. But on the other hand, they want to, at some point, you do need to find out what you have in some of these guys. Yep. And so it's going to be a fascinating competition. Yep. Speaking yep. of speaking of fascinating, Jake, did you know that first impressions matter? There's no two ways around it. What's the first thing that someone notices about you? In most cases, it's your face, and most importantly, your skin. If you aren't already, it's time to put your best face forward. How do you do that? By adding in a skincare routine. And you know what? It's not that hard. And if you don't have the right tools, well, now you do. Clinically proven to reduce wrinkles fine lines, and signs of aging, Caldera Lab is the leader in men's skincare and is here to save the day. Use our exclusive code, CTP, at calderalab.com to enjoy 20% off. That's a lot. 20% off their best products. So I don't know about you, Jake, but for me, skin, it's really important. I've had skin issues my whole life, and so I'm always on the lookout for something that's going to improve my skin, that's going to make my day-to-day better because there's nothing worse than skin issues. You may disagree. You may not. I don't know. No opinions. That's fine. Well, let me tell you this. Caldera Lab creates high-performance men's skincare products, and the regimen leads off their product lineup, a -a twice-a-day routine to transform your skin. The skincare world is heavily female-driven. Guys, we all know this, and has long been the Wild West for men. Whether men can't find the right brand or simply lack knowledge and understanding of it, skincare is something that requires attention. Luckily, men's skincare has never been easier with Caldera Lab and the Regimen. Inside this bundle, 
you'll find your skincare dream team. The clean slate, the base layer, and the good. So, the clean slate starts and ends your day. This face wash leaves all skin types refreshed, which is good for me because I have very dry skin. The base layer is your daily moisturizer that hydrates your skin and absorbs it fast, leaving you with a matte finish so that you can start your day confidently. The good is your go-to at night before bed and a clinically proven multifunctional serum that helps your skin look tighter and smoother, as well as helps reduce the visibility of wrinkles and fine lines, which is good news for us, Jake, because we're both getting older. We don't want wrinkles. We don't want fine lines. In every drop of the serum, there are 3.4 million antioxidant units protecting your skin. Want to know what that means? Well, I actually don't know what it means, but it must be good. They even have this eye serum called the Icon. It addresses the three most common concerns around the eye. Fine lines, dark circles, and puffiness. I definitely have dark circles, so that's a must for me. Caldera Lab is made with top-tier ingredients and is a great addition to your daily routine. It takes less than one minute morning and night, so you absolutely have time to do this, and it's going to reduce wrinkles, fine lines, and signs of aging. So, to check them out, get 20% off with our code CTP at calderalab.com. That's C-A-L-D-E-R-A lab.com. That's 20% off at calderalab.com by using code CTP. Jump into skin and first impression royalty with our friends at Caldera Lab. And on that note, let's get back into the show. Yep. So, do you have another topic? Uh, do you have another yeah. question? Yes. Okay. I, I, you, another. You didn't, uh, you didn't seem so sure, but I want to throw it back to you out of courtesy. Uh, yeah. Do Trevor Segrist and Troy Terry play together throughout most of the season? Huh. Because those two, I've talked about this, talked about it last episode. Those two, when they're to get together, it it's just like dynamite. Those two really work well off each other, and anyone that you really put with them seems to thrive. We saw it with Ryan Strom, who was having such a rough season last year, really found his game and started playing a lot better with those two, and a large part of that is due to that, or due to um, due to those two and how they can feed off each other, and guys just really need to get in locations to be able to take passes from them. And so we saw a decent amount last year that that pair was kind of broken up. And to spread out the wealth, however you want to make the argument, yada, yada, yada. But at the end of the day, I think you're shooting yourself in the foot a little bit by doing that. When these two are the most dynamic options when playing together. And so I'm very curious how Greg Cronin is going to approach that. Yeah, well, Terry and Zegers was kind of like, it was kind of like the tool that Dallas Akins knew worked and would just refuse to use because... Remember, at the end of, I believe it was the COVID season, uh, he had Max Contois, Troy yep. Terry, and Trevor Zegers together, and it worked great. They scored goals. They were creating offense. They also played the LA Kings like seven times in those last three weeks of the season or whatever yeah. it was. They played a lot, but all that to say that it worked, and he put them back together the following year. It worked again, and then it just kind of seems like he went away from it completely, and I don't think his eye test was completely wrong. Like Trevor Zegers was not good defensively last year. And so maybe he just didn't see that as a fit, but something's got to give. These are, these are your two most dynamic offensive yeah. players as of right now. Yep. And so I do think that they're at least going to get a look, yep. but we, we don't know to what extent that'll be. Yep. Exactly. Okay. Speaking of Trevor Zegers leads perfectly to my next point. There we is go. this, is this the year that Trevor Zegers breaks out? As a two-way player. Because I don't think that Trevor Zegers... Do you think Trevor Zegers is right now in need of like a breakout season that, that we haven't really yet seen the best of him? Because of course he's going to keep improving, but I don't feel like he needs 
this kind of big pop of a season to really establish himself. I feel like at this point, we know what he can do. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, this guy in his first uh, first two full seasons, right? He's had 60-plus point seasons. Yeah. Like, and he's and he's doing that on crappy teams. Yeah, exactly. With a coach so, that refuses to play him in his natural mm-hmm, position mm-hmm. with no line mates. But I do think that... So, all that to say that right now, he's shown that he can put up points and he can drive scoring at even strength and on the power play. But the the defensive numbers were crappy last year. You could argue about whether that was the team. Yeah. Work, they were great the year before that. And so this isn't strictly about his ability to defend and how physical he is in front of his own net or in the corners or along the wall or what have you. It's just, can Trevor Zegers become a guy that influences the game all over the ice? Because I think he has that ability to. You know, we were talking to Mitch yeah. Brown in our interview with him earlier this summer. He talked a lot about how Trevor Zegers is a guy who can lead the breakout. And I think we saw him do that a lot last season, but I yep. think he can do that even more. And so I want to see Trevor Zegers not, I don't really care if Trevor Zegers puts up, you know, 70, 80 points next season. I want to see him become a guy who is making everyone around him better and who's just always involved in the play. Cause I think that he has the motor to do that. He has the skating to do that. And if he can do that, then the points will come. More points will come in bunches. Yep, so, completely agreed. This isn't me saying that he's like a bad defensive player or that he's soft or what have you. Like, I'm not buying into that narrative. I just think that he has the skill set to be even more impactful well, all over and, the ice. And I think part of it is also being in, put in positions to to show that. Yes. Like there there were <laughs> there were certainly times that that control there were controller off situations right in the defensive <laughs> zone. Yeah. Like there were those, so not kind of letting him off the hook for that, but. There were certainly other situations where Dallas Aikens kind of really didn't put him in positions to thrive in the defensive zone. And no. so really kind of use we talked about it so at length at various times, but use kid gloves. Yes, so. correct. Yeah, and so that's part of it too, is that it's not just necessarily on him to be better. Yeah. It's also on the team to put him in a better spot. And I think that they know that. And I think Greg Cronin just has to be an improvement over Dallas Aikens. Uh, yep. Do you have another one? I do not. Okay. Do you have, I have any more? I have two more. Okay, I have two let's, more. Let's blitz through them because we have a lot of questions and we're 40 minutes in already. That's fine. Okay. Don't rush me. Okay. Don't rush me. Okay. When do I ever rush you? All the time. <laughs> okay. Uh, this one is kind of quick, but how aggressive will Paverbeek be in improving this team? So what I mean by th- what I mean by that is this: if the Ducks come out really bad, if they sputter out of the gate like they did last season, are we going to get Paverbeek? standing up in front of the media and saying, oh, well, let's wait until January. Will he be saying that again? Or will he say, you know, I have a lot of surplus pieces on the back end or maybe even up front, depending how you want to look at it. Can I flip that into someone who can come and help this team right away? Because I don't think that you can just sit there anymore of three months of crappy hockey and do nothing. Yep. What do you think about that? Oh, I completely agree. I think that this is going to be the year for that. And I think that if they end it, I think we're going to see him soft by this year. The Ducks have a lot of defense prospects. They have Correct. a lot of defensemen. And it's almost just a bit of a game of musical chairs. And so I do think that if they suck right away, yeah, and if they keep sucking, that someone's getting traded. And yeah. it's not and it's not like a punishment. It's just that the Ducks clearly have need. Like this roster to me is incomplete. Up front, the, the, the forward depth is just still wanting. And so I could see that being the play. Uh, and then my last point, Jamie Drysdale. I mean, he basically missed an entire season. Yep. We haven't seen him play. He's looking 
He's looking bigger. I won't use the word he was last time. He's looking bigger. He's looking solid. And the Ducks really need him to be good. And I think that going into last season, he was showing signs of improvement. He was showing the possibility that, hey, this guy can maybe be something. And then he got hurt and we just, all we have now is Instagram posts. So I am fascinated. I'm just, I'm just completely fascinated to see how his season goes because of the fact also that there's been so much debate around him, right? I mean, if you go back even to his rookie year with charts being posted of how he's one of the worst defensemen in the NHL and, and, you know, we've had conversations with Brown about does his game really translate to becoming a true top pair defenseman. And so I'm just very curious to see where it goes and it would be, it would be nice to see a player with that kind of skill, with that kind of ability to skate, make the jump actually succeed because i think as compared to trevor zegris i think jamie drysdale actually needs like a like a pop he needs a big year yes 100 to to bring us back into focus yep definitely all right that's all i have want to get to questions why are people asking me to say he's chonky has that ever been said has that ever been (laughs) said on the show wow wow just 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 going for it again uh (laughs) all right we're gonna start with our discord for questions and then i'll get to twitter and then We'll come to Twitch and YouTube to close it all off for the end of the fun. Uh, OG Leo Carlson Truther, our good friend Connor said, why has uh, the food and drink uh, channel in our Discord gone soft and woke? What happened to the welcoming place of war and ridicule that we once knew? I don't know. I honestly don't know. I'm not part of this this movement. Lou? Lou and I are all kumbaya. People are allowed to like what they like, enjoy what they enjoy with taste. It's all subjective. Boring. You know, I feel Boring. I, you know, if you Boring. want to, if you want to hate on something I, I love, you know, good for you. <laughs> Boring cop out. Boring again. All right. But <laughs> I, f- I agree with uh, Connor here. Ducks and five. What are the two often woke? <laughs> what are the two <laughs> optimal three v three lines as all the ducks games end up there? Or uh, let's do that. Ooh. He said or three v three draft. Jake gets first pick. But let's do optimal three v three lines as no. no let's op- just let's just cut to the draft. This will be more fun. Okay, my number. One, I'll take Jake. He said Jake gets first pick. Uh, I will take. Uh, I'll take Troy Terry. Wow. I was very curious where you would go. That there. was okay. tough, but I, I I think Troy Terry. Trevor Zegers, welcome to my franchise. Uh, next, I'll go with I'll go with Olin Zellweger. Okay, okay, dipping into the prospects, that's fine. Next, I will go with hmm. I'm not gonna overcomplicate this. Mason McTavish, welcome to the team. Uh, I'll uh Adam Henrique. Wow, okay. Well, Jamie Drysdale, come on down. That was easy. All right. <laughs> Drysdale, ta- McTavish, are- Seagrass, I would. Okay. I got uh, Henrik, Terry, Zellweger. Yeah. I'll I take win. mine. Uh, hey, Odifo said, what is the worst? Oh, we already did this. What is the worst season? Why is it summer? Yeah, summer we let off not- with that. Yeah, summer is not the worst season. There is not a worst season. There is not a worst Any season. Any season also. is a good season because yep. you are alive. Yep. Wow. Wow, and you were the one that was going after me for being understanding and welcoming There's in a our line. food channel. There is a line. Wow. And that is the line. Second place, Louis said, yeah, I got a question for Felix. Why is he trying to own the honest, hardworking Lewicrats? <laughs> Did Lou just create his own <laughs> political party? Yes. He should really go and register that with the, the voting registry. 
There just, you go. Just creative a uh, uh, political party. Co-champion bastard says. No, what, skip this. <laughs> what would Jack Opaka like for Christmas? I don't know an NHL career, AHL <laughs> career, probably something like that. Fashion pariah plant wrench said, "When do you start getting concerned about the RFA's being unsigned?" I mean, I'll be concerned with I'll be concerned with Troy Terry if they actually make it to arbitration hearing, and I'll be concerned with Trevor Zegers if he's unsigned when <laughs> training camp starts. Yep, I agree with that. Uh, he's also, what's your favorite clothing to wear that other people hate? Oh, this is easy. Felix hates that I wear cutoff shirts as I'm wearing another one today. It's now going to become the thing I just wear on podcasts. I don't know. What do I don't really wear anything that people hate because I don't know. I try to fit in. Maybe, maybe wow. when I wear my, maybe when I wear my swimsuit to like the grocery store, my green swimsuit, because I'm just, oh. I'm on, I'm on my last legs of laundry. And so that's the last my thing My primary shorts are board shorts at this point, but they're the like volley shorts from Viore that are technically swim trunks, but they don't look like it that much, I guess. And you should be judged for that. Why? <laughs> they're fantastic. They have pockets. <laughs> I, I mean, to be honest, I'm also just wearing regular board shorts right now that, you know, well, okay. Board shorts are part how, of my normal life. How about this? How about I'll, I'll, I'll spin the question a different way. Okay. My favorite clothing to not wear that other people love. You know, I'll say this. Don't, don't underestimate the commando life. Don't underestimate it. Freedom, freedom is important. Wow. I mean, to freedom. be fair, whenever, to be fair, that's the call in board shorts. So that's the Fre- call right now. Freedom is important. Are okay. you, are you that guy that cuts out the net? Of your uh, yes. swim trunks, yes. That's that's so, that's such a SoCal thing. Because right. I, I like, I only started buying board tr- or trunks recently that do that. And Commando. I mean, all no, you 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 cut out that mesh. That mesh is gross. Commando life. <laughs> plant plant <laughs> is very mad. I changed the question <laughs> just to gross people out. Ducks and five said, "What would you consider the first step forward within the season?" First step forward. <sighs> What was the Ducks' longest winning streak last season? Actually, no. It's not about wins and losses. Can this team sustain a positive XG expected goal differential for, like, 15 games? Let's go with 15 yeah. games. I, oh, I was going to go even smaller, 10 games. You're sure. 10, 15 games, but yeah. that would be my, my indicator. Yeah. Uh, crazy for Carlson said, what would you consider the next major announcement that the Ducks will make, i.e. captain contracts or anything else of that nature? Troy Terry contract, that's the next thing. I mean, it kind of has to be. But also, yep. can the Ducks stop doing bait tweets? Oh, I love it. Keep baiting. It's keep keep, keep making te- keep make keep making people mad. Keep what now? Baiting? Yeah. Okay. I don't know. What's that? I don't know. now. I whatever. Baiting? Uh, Vap Vap Burbeek <laughs> said, "Would you? What would you? <laughs> would you give Dumba a Klingberg tile type prove it deal? Likely at a lower AAV." Nah, like we were just talking about it. The Ducks have too many defensemen, and so I think. You need to kind of find out what's going on back there. So, no. Yeah. SP84 said when he was drafted on the Sportsnet feed, Sam Cotsino said Pavel Menchukov had a list of NHL teams that he believed he could go to and be fast-tracked to the NHL. One year later, Menchukov takes home OHL Defenseman of the Year, and Pavelbeek takes a center with his first pick. Are we sleeping on Pavel Menchukov's chances of being an Anaheim Duck for All-82 this year? I don't think so, because I don't think he's going to be a duck for all these Did Pavel Minchukov choose to be drafted by the Ducks? No. So Spence, uh, love you, but no, I just I mean, we're not hey, sleeping it, on it. It's not impossible. Maybe we're dismissing it a little too much because of Olin Zellweger and other players. Like, Pavel Minchukov could come in and be great right away. But at the same time, 
being defenseman of the year in the OHL doesn't mean you're going to go play in the NHL the year after, no matter what. Like he um, could still potentially benefit break, from breaking some baseball NHL news. Breaking baseball news for the Angels: they've acquired Lucas Giolito uh, from the White Sox. Who? Starting pitcher. Very Ooh. good. Very very good starting pitcher. Okay. Wow. So they're they're actually gonna they're buying. They're helping Shohei Otani. Great. They're buying. By the way, I'm very happy with that announcement that Shohei is not getting traded. Yeah. Like, like, it's still probably going to be that he leaves in the offseason, but I think that this is – it helps that they won some games, but this is a better story. So 100%. Continue. Yeah, make the push. Um, all right, I'll come back to Connor's uh, comment in a sec. But Shake and Wink said, who are you more excited to watch next year on the Ducks uh, – Jake and Felix, same question for Montreal. Uh, probably Olin Zellweger, to be honest. If he's on the Ducks, yeah, he'll be on the Ducks for a little bit. Yeah. Uh, most excited for the Habs. Wow, I get asked the Habs question. Thank you. This is I'm, I'm I have permission to talk about my favorite team. Uh, I am excited to see Yuri Slavkovsky because he missed so much time last year, and I think people are writing him off already, which is so dumb. But yeah, Yuri Slavkovsky. Okay. Uh, Mitch Brown's beloved said, if you had to pick one player, who would you choose for the Ducks to offer sheet for up to 4.2 mil? Oh, one crap. second round pick. I should have looked this up. Uh, if you had to pick one player up to 4.2 million. Okay. Well, now I have to pull up cap friendly. Thanks for the heads up on this, by the way. You were staring <laughs> at the questions also. You could have looked this up. Oh, crap. Okay. Well, I apologize for this, for this messy situation, but... How about we take questions from uh, other places here while I look this up? Okay, well, I'll do this while you look this up. The next one was uh, from Connor, who said, uh, please reveal our fantasy football draft order. Oh. So we have a, in the Discord, we have for the patrons, fantasy football, and Connor is the uh, commissioner of the league. And per his request, I will be releasing our fantasy football draft order on this podcast right now for everyone wow. to, uh, to hear. So here's Connor's message. Ladies and gentlemen, wannabe football legends and couch potatoes, co- couch potato coaches, welcome to the moment we've all been waiting for the prestigious and utterly nonsensical CTP Fantasy Football League draft order. Get ready to witness uh, the triumph of unbridled enthusiasm and questionable decision making as our participants try to assemble a team that will either dominate the league or flop spectacularly like a fish out of water. So grab your lucky charms, put on your lucky socks, and maybe some unlucky socks for reverse psychology, and let's embark on this unpredictable journey of gridiron madness. You ready for the order? Uh, yeah. All right. Last pick. Twelfth pick. Felix. What? <laughs> Rigged. Eleventh pick. Rigged. Jack. Rigged. Tenth pick. I'm Asian. done. End this. <laughs> Ninth pick. Johnny. Eight, an eighth pick. Lou. Seventh pick. Fernando. If Connor gets first, I'm I'm calling for a redraft. Sixth pick Spencer, fifth pick Deflow, fourth pick Christian. He's getting first. Third Connor. Okay. Second Mark. First me. Oh, this is so rigged. <laughs> he, this is so rigged. He will stop, be put. He stop the me, count. He sent me the video of him doing the draft, the random uh, draft order. Stop and, the count. Uh, yeah. Stop. Stop the count. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's so, stupid. I I got first overall. At least it's a snake draft. <laughs> I got first and you got last. I won this election by a lot. 
<laughs> check check the voting machines. There you go. All right, okay. here we go. Questions from Twitter right now, though. Or wait, did you find the answer? Uh, I don't know if this even lines up, but Alexi Lafreniere. Okay. Clark said, uh, "When is it time that the uh, to worry that the Terry might go to arbitration if Tuesday hap- if we get to Tuesday?" Yeah. Well, uh, sure. Uh, let's see. DB Lowry said, "Are milkshakes beverages or meals? Does that make ice cream a juice?" <laughs> wait, ho- wait, hold on. What? <laughs> what? What kind of sorcery is this? <laughs> Are milkshake a beverage or a meal? Uh, they're a they're a beverage. Okay. Uh, so does ice that cream, make ice cream is not juice? Does that ice make, cream isn't a milkshake? Does that make ice cream a juice? Because ice cream isn't a milkshake. Ice cream is what you turn into the milkshake. Yes, but just next question. <laughs> I'm frustrated <laughs> with this one. Brandon said, "Question: Would you rather have a line of three Trevor Zegerses with two Jamie, Jamie Drysdale D men, or three McTavishes with two Camp Fowler D men?" Uh, Zegers Drysdale. Yeah, same. Dan T said, will the Ducks add another top six D-men before training camp? And if so, name three D-men they could reasonably acquire via trade or UFA. Who is a player you would want Verbeek to take as a contract dump from a team that is in cap trouble? Oh, um, man. A top six D-men I would, I would, they could potentially require would be Noah Hannafin. Yeah, or like Brett that, Pesci. Brett Pesci, Noah Hannafin. Are there, there's no UFAs that I think are really reasonable. At this left. point, not really. No. Yeah. Um, I mean, Ethan Bear is a name that gets thrown out a lot. Patrick yeah. Emmeth. Yeah, um, so we'll go with that. What's a cap dump? Yeah, who would be a cap dump? Eric Carlson? Would you take on yes. a salary? If the, if the payment's huge, yes. Would you be a, a the third team in the Eric Carlson deal? Sure. Okay, there you go. Give, That's your give, cap dump. Yeah. And Dan T said, uh, should the Ducks buy out Silverberg when their second buyout window opens? No, 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 no. Only if they need the cap space, but still no. Just write out the final year. Yes. A- Andrew said, who wears the C for the Ducks? Troy Terry. Uh, Alex Kalorn. Not happening. <laughs> Sean Seabolt said, out of the current roster, who retires a Duck? Ooh, that is a great question. I'm going Leo Carlson. Wow. No one on the current team. Everyone on the current team is, you're kicking them all to the curb. No, I, I mean, just who knows? You know, no one knows what happens. You know? Career duck. I'm going Cam Fowler. Like this dude. Oh, that's a great one. Damn it. He's Damn untra- it. He's untradeable. Damn it. Why? You, you don't. You think the Ducks would give him another contract or he would retire? I mean, he's 31 right now. He's going to be 32 this year. So when his contract expires, he'll be 33, 34, 30. He'll be like 35 and going into an age 36 season. Like. It's possible that he retires after that. And I bet the Ducks would give him like a one to two year deal or something like that. Yep. Salem has found my cable underneath my uh, computer and is pulling it and it's twisting my camera. So for anyone watching, that's what's happening. I may go down there and get out of there. Uh, out of Okay. Uh, Rossi Biddle said, which team is most likely to give up, uh, f- give us a first round pick for a contract that brings us up to the floor? Um, I mean, the Ducks don't need a contract to get up to the floor because of Zegers and Terry. Your camera movement is making me nauseous. I'm sorry. Blame Salem. Okay. I don't think we should be blaming pets. But I mean, she's legitimately moving the cable that's turning my camera. I just refuse to blame her out of principle. Okay, fine. She's being a menace, though. Uh, okay. 
All right, it should be fixed. She's out from there. Uh, so which team is most likely to give up a first-round pick for a contract that brings us up to the floor? Don't know. That's 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 a you question. San Jose. Let's go with that. There you go. Okay. Or Ottawa, I guess. Let's go with Carlson to Ottawa. Dexter to Penn. Ottawa? What? That that's not know. even that's not yes, even it is. that's part he, of the rumor mill. He gave us a list, and it that wasn't in the list. Ottawa's been on the rumor mill. Am I going crazy here? Eric Carlson gave us the list of teams, and that was not one of them. Are you sure? Did I miss this? When did this happen? This was like a few days ago. Oh, I must have. He said it. that he said Seattle, Toronto, Pittsburgh. When did he, when did he say Carolina. that? This was, was it. Oh, was it in that Swedish this was article two, that I was paying attention. This was two days ago. Yes. Oh, that that's how I missed it then. Okay. I mean, it was retweeted by uh, Chris Johnston, so it yeah, wasn't I like mean, you know, it's the middle of summer. Well, I missed what, it. Anyway, point is that Ottawa is just not a team. There. Okay. Uh, Justin Penny said, "Hi, just wondering about Getzloff's new job. It sounds like he's going to be really consulting, working with the players." probably flying to different cities uh, to help out and almost kind of like, it sounds like what Scott Niedermeyer's role is similar to that. Yeah. He's basically like, you know, mentor type for the younger players. Yeah. Pierre Luke Peloquin said, are you surprised Comtois is still a UFA? No, I'm not. I'm not at all because I think that he might not have the best reputation around the league. And, I just think that there's going to be guys who aren't going to be signed uh, going into training camp. That, that There's just a surplus of guys who missed that first window, and I could see him being on a PTO to go into training camp, or I could also see him just being in another league at that point. Yep. Uh, Trevor Zebras asked us uh, two questions. I know this topic has been talked about a lot, especially in the time before the draft. In the future, like around a contending period, do we see Zegers McTavish and Carlson all playing center? Do we see one shift to the wing? I think you can keep them all at center. I do think one of them does move to the wing. Probably. Just yeah. just out of, like, it just makes more sense that way. Yeah, and he said, you guys might have gone over this already, but if you could choose, where would uh, you want Leo to play primarily this season? NHL, SHL, or AHL? I personally could see something similar to Zegers happening where he starts in the AHL, learns under McIlvain, does very well, and earns himself a call-up. Uh, I think he should play in the SHL. Uh, and I disagree with you there. I think uh, AHL is probably best or NHL, but that's a disagreement we've had before. We've we've talked about this in multiple podcasts now. Yep. So. Yep. Uh, all right. So now we're going to go to Twitch and YouTube. So those of you listening on your favorite podcast services, uh, we do a live stream of the show each and every time that we go live. The schedule is kind of all over the place right now, but during the season, we try to do it on Mondays unless there is a game. Um, and then... Uh, but if you have Amazon Prime, you get one free Twitch Prime gaming sub each and every month. It helps us more than you can imagine. You just have to go and hit that subscribe button to get that. Or if you want to follow us and get notified when we go live, you can do that. Or if you're on YouTube, and yes, if you're listening to this, I know you have a YouTube account. We all do. Even if you're watching this on Twitch, we all have YouTube accounts. No what one. Is the, what is this pitch? <laughs> Are you so extorting go, people? <laughs> go on there, like the videos, subscribe to the channel, even if you prefer the podcast form, because it helps out more and than help you us think. make help us make YouTube shorts, please. That that too, that too. Like but yes, I like I would imagine every single person listening to this podcast has a YouTube account. Uh what was I gonna say? Oh, you can also subscribe to us on on Twitch so you can watch us play video games. Oh yeah, that's a new thing that we've been doing on Twitch. I've been streaming Flight you, Simulator. You've been we- crashing planes. <laughs> oh, man. But yes, that is something we've been doing. That will probably come to an end soon because 
uh, law school starts back for me in like three weeks, but for the next three weeks, we'll still be doing game streaming. So also, yep. so also follow us for that. All right. So let's get to some questions. If you're in the chat, by the way, start throwing questions in. I know I saw some earlier, so I'll get to those X Gibbons XX or XX Gibbons XX said, what was your most memorable moment at the Honda center? Honestly, I think the one, cause I, I was lucky enough to go to every round of the cups, uh, the 07 cup run outside of the Vancouver round. I was there for every game against Detroit was there for the, uh, I think game one of the cup final. But I think honestly, the most memorable moment was probably Solani and Jaguar's final regular regular season. game. Wow. Are you giving JS Jaguar his flowers? Finally? I love Jaguar is one of my favorite players ever. Okay. Okay. Like I've said that that doesn't nothing that I've said changes any of that, but he doesn't deserve to have his number retired. I, and, that moment with him and with Solani and Jaguar, Jaguar in an avalanche jersey, skating around Honda Center Ice in the final game of the season, both of their final regular season NHL games, that was a moment, and I for sure cried during that moment. Okay, that's a great one. Uh, yeah. My favorite moment is a bit of a a bit of a cheat here, but I back in 2014, I got to go be a member of the media at the Ducks games for like a handful of times. So probably my most memorable time is getting to go into the Canadians locker room after a game and interviewing Andre Markov and just being scared shitless at this Russian dude, just staring at me like as I fumbled over questions. So probably that. Oh, and interviewing Bruce Boudreau. That was also great. I have a, I have a question for the podcast though. Okay. Have we underrated Timo Solani's Ducks goat candidacy? No. Really? No. Really? I think he's been properly rated where get the like the I guess are we sure that Getzlaff is clearly yes. ahead of him? Yes, yes, yes. Timo Solani is above a point per game. Agreed. In, in no almost doubt a thousand there. games as a duck. The, it, the issue there is it was uh jumping it was kind of multiple tenures. I think the thing that Getzloff puts apart from him is sure maybe the points per game aren't there, but Getzloff was the captain of the team during their most uh their should, best we be, should, period. should we be putting stock into intangibles? I mean, we're putting stock into intangibles while also stating he was also one of the best players on the team during that period of time. And yes. and so adding that in, adding that he was he is the only duck to ever play a thousand over a thousand games in the franchise, all of these things kind of adding up to where he is the greatest duck of all time. I think the best player to ever wear a duck sweater was Tamuslani. That's the distinction I make. Hmm. <laughs> okay, moving on. Do you disagree with that? No, just throwing uh, it out there. John Morosi saying the Angels have discussed. I don't know who the Jaime Candelario, Candelario, uh, trade with the Nats. In addition, they're recently completed, recently completed with the White Sox. That's so. Who? Who? I I don't know. Someone who? in our our chat, tell me if that, that's good or not. If he's good. Okay, um, moving on. Let's see. Uh, CJ KHL said thoughts on sausage, good or bad? Sausage is good. Depends. Oh my! Oh Depends. My. There's bad sausage. What what type of sausage are you talking about? There's bad sausage. I don't want to discriminate. Openly. What type of what type of sausage are you good? Or are you are you there for? Uh, I think Italian sausage is good. You know the spicy Italian sausage. So I and think he's talking about breakfast sausages, but okay. You did not say that whatsoever. I, I'm but that's just okay. I think that's it's okay. because Lou put out something on the Late Arrivals podcast Twitter handle about chorizo being bad. 
Well, chorizo's not great. Chorizo's Chori- fine. Chorizo's not great. Um, You're going to get a lot of hate for that, but okay. I mean, it, you it, do gives, you. Me, it gives me the, the you-know-whats. Okay. So, Oh, he's saying all sausages. I, I think sausages. Yeah, why, why did you say breakfast when I don't that know. wasn't in the question? I don't know. I assume. It's like if I asked you, like, I don't know, what day is today, and you reply February. I'd be like, what? <laughs> that What? February is not a day. Exactly. So you asking me sausages and then being like, oh, breakfast sauce. I'm just I mean, like, breakfast what? is a type of sausage. Anyway, that, move on. Move on, please. Like, please. wow. There's probably other great questions to get to. <laughs> Fat Geralt said a uh, question. Will there be any more big trades during the offseason, all teams included? Uh, Eric Carlson. Eric Carlson is yeah. the big one. Big shoot yeah. drop. Yeah. Uh, let's see. This kind of oh, works by the way. Both. I, I don't think I have your opinion on this, but where do you th- where would you like Eric Carlson to go? Not the Western Conference. Really? Does it really matter? I just does don't it, want the Ducks. Does it, does it really the matter? Torch the Ducks. Who cares? I don't know. Oh, my God. Go, go to Pittsburgh, actually. Pittsburgh. Yeah, Pittsburgh is the pick. Okay. Uh, B-Dottles and uh, Rooch both have a very similar question about they want a hot take from you <laughs> for a YouTube short. No, I, I, I refuse to get framed like this. But <laughs> give, chorizo give, isn't great. Chorizo is not th- great. There's your hot take. CJ KHL said, I don't care if it gives you the squirts. You eat it and worry about fighting for your life in the bathroom later. Yeah, why are people okay with that? <laughs> why do we accept getting our you-know-what's, you-know-what-ed? I just do you, don't get it. Do you, do you want to? You, you had a take in our food food uh, channel yesterday. Do you want to go over it? Did I? About uh, hot food, spicy food. Yeah, I'm never eating it again. <laughs> Because I was fighting for my life on the porcelain, the porcelain throne. And it burned. It really, really burned. <laughs> and I don't want to experience that again. So, wow. There you go. You know, but sometimes it's like a life-altering experience in that process. It's not. I really, if I'd never had a burning asshole in the toilet bowl <laughs> ever again, I would be, like, I would be just fine. If I go to the grave, Sorry, never called exper- if I, if I go to the if I go to the grave never experiencing that again, I'll be I'll be fine. I'll be on my deathbed thinking, you know what? I'm glad. There you go. You know, sometimes you gotta live dangerously. No. You, not, you only, not in not in that regard. I'm here for a good time. Um let's see. We got a... <laughs> How is this about bidets? Why why is Appa saying bidet like no. it that doesn't. Rooch anyway. is saying, "Question: uh, Will Lou run for president? Lou, let us know if you're going to run for president as as uh, the as the leader of the uh, as the leader of the Louis Crap party." <laughs> Papa Comtois said, "Are there any defenseman targets you see the Ducks targeting before the season starts?" Kind of talked about this. I not many, not many. I think I think right now they're going to run it out just because of the amount of prospects they have in their system. Bapjap yeah. said, uh, "Not impressed with Anaheim's draft. Besides Carlson, am I the only one?" I think you really have to. There are some guys that I think maybe you can be a little bit questionable on, but I actually really, really like this draft overall. Yeah, and I'm also is am I becoming everything I've I ever hated? I don't know. But I'm also becoming a bit more of like can we really say it was an awful draft like after the second round? Like so many of these guys are just complete dart throws. So I'm not really ready to say it was a great draft or a bad draft for a lot of teams. I think the Ducks clearly had at least a good draft, though. Yeah. You drafted Leo Carlson, and after that, it's just gravy if you get anything else. Yep. Um, B-Dottle said, question, which historic Duck is thought of as really good but was re- uh, but was really mid? I feel like you have multiple answers to this. Okay. 
Me or like as in you? One do? of them. One of them's numbers hangs in the Honda Center rafters. What? You have a bone to pick with Scott Niedermeyer. No, I don't. Scott Niedermeyer was amazing. He just didn't play enough as a duck. You don't think his number belongs in the rafters? No, but that's not due to him not being amazing. Is it? Is it, though? <laughs> um, uh, I have one. This is probably going to piss a lot of people off. <laughs> okay. Um, and this mainly has to, and this is the one caveat I have with this, specifically. That we don't what? have data for the cup season. But if you look at the numbers after that season, Sammy Paulson was not that great. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you're going to get hate for that one. I'm definitely going to get hate. But with the numbers that we have put, because numbers started getting tracked 07, 08 season, Sammy Paulson, at least after that season, I can't state in terms of before that, but he was probably a bit overhyped. Wow. I feel like this is because of, you're saying this because of how many Sammy Paulson, Isaac Lundestrom comparisons were made. Is it? And you know, someone asked me on the stream the other day, on on my uh, <laughs> on my flight simulator stream. Like he was a it, below replacement level player. Someone asked me if Bobby Ryan was overrated, and I just don't think I didn't watch him enough to to really say. But also, he had four consecutive thirty plus goal seasons. Yeah. like that. Yeah. What's crazy to me about Bobby Ryan is just the fact that as soon as he left the Ducks, his production never came back to that point. Yeah. He never, was, ever, ever. Bobby Ryan was very, very good. Yeah. His his best year was 08-09, and he was above a 20 goals above replacement player. Yeah. It just, I would not put, I mean, oh, actually, so this, this was a name that popped into my head um, when someone asked me about the overrated or underrated I thought about overrated. Is Ryan Kessler slightly over, was was Ryan Kessler slightly overrated at the time? Like, yes. Are are we completely sure that he was the one fully driving the success of that line, or was it just three guys who just perfectly Wait, meshed together? Didn't I get a shit ton of pushback on this from you for bringing this up at one well, point? So, so here's the thing: I think that Ryan Kessler was good because, like, overall he had. In most of the seasons he played with the Ducks, he had good numbers. Yeah. But I think the perception I think the perception of him was that he was the guy on the This on is that legitimately line. what I said once. That like his tenure is overrated. I don't know why you want to pick old fights. And I got shot on by you in our Discord. No, but you it. were you went further than what I'm you okay. went further than what I'm saying. Anyway, okay. The point is I think perception wise, potentially. Potentially, that's and I may it, still disagree because Ryan Kessler was good at the time. He was. I'm not doubting that. You poo pooed that. Okay, you that. Yeah. Uh, Gibbon said, uh, "What was your? For, this is for Felix. What was your path that led you to getting into that Ducks locker room and being able to interview people? Any advice for your younger self? Uh, I just snuck. I just <laughs> snuck in. I snuck in. No, I was writing. So, someone for, someone held the door open for you. I was writing for a website called uh, Inside Hockey. I don't even know if it. I think it actually." There are still articles going up inside hockey, and I'm, I'm not convinced how many people are reading them, uh, as Jake and I have joked about behind the scenes before. But uh, I used we to write have? there. Yes. Okay. Let's just say there's someone that tweets their articles, like all like after every single game, but never gets any like response to them. It's actually quite funny. Anyway. Uh, what? So I used to write there, and I'm confused. The advice to my younger self would just be to shake more hands, make more introductions, 
be more outgoing because I was pretty intimidated. Oh, got it. I was I was like 22, 23, and I was just so nervous to do anything wrong, and uh, it did not really end well for me. Let's just put it that way. May have burned a bridge there <laughs> permanently, but Thanks yeah, for that. that would be that would be my advice to my younger self, just to be more outgoing, more gregarious, and also probably write more articles. <laughs> so, yeah, this Great is not an upstart. Though. Felix Beatles saying Felix Barry's an upstart hockey site. I wouldn't call it upstart. What's the opposite of upstart? Down, down stop. Um, I also, mean, those are legitimately the opposite words of upstart, but I don't think that's what you're going for. But okay. also, uh, what was I going to say? Oh, yeah. One time I got lost in the Ducks offices. So I took the elevator back from the, the you know, like the, the downstairs, like where you go to the locker room. And I went to the wrong floor. So I ended up, I'm pretty sure it was the Ducks like front office. And I was just so scared shitless. So like, I don't know, like, am I going to get arrested by trespassing? But yep. Anyway, they arrested you. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, career, never, <laughs> career, career arrest. <laughs> Givens is saying story time is the best. Any other stories you want to tell? About? I don't know. Whatever. I don't, I don't know where this is going either. Are there any uh-huh. other questions? No, no more questions. Okay. Yeah, I guess I'm burying an upstart hockey site. How do you feel about drafting last? Uh. Well, okay. I think it's. I think it's a evidence of rigging, but at the same time, not rigged. Accepting the accepting that as it is. Are you accepting d- the election result? <laughs> I'm. <laughs> Damn. I, oh wait, I'm like- Fat, Fat Troll actually had a question. Will Colangelo and or Pastorov eventually make the team? Pastorov more likely than Colangelo. No one no. No one no. Okay. Bears record prediction. <laughs> oh my god. I are the Bears going to be good? I have no clue. But let's go. There's what 17 games in the season. Right? Yeah, yeah. So let's go uh, four and thirteen. Four and thirteen. Yeah, that seems kind of low. I have no clue. I don't pay attention to anything. Their over under win total is seven and a half. Okay, I'm going under. Yeah, I'm gonna go six and eleven. <laughs> oh yeah, Chris is a bear. Chris is a Bears and a and a Bills fan, right? I'm not gonna I'm not gonna talk about Chris's team lineup selection chris is a fan of many teams and unless you know the backstory of each one and how he became a fan you would be very confused about how this came to be but that's okay we were talking about this today in our in our discord like not all sports fandom or even team names are irrational so wait that was your worst take (laughs) i'm surprised you didn't bring it up yet i forgot honestly and i think i now need to hold you accountable um well I don't think there's anything to really hold accountable to. I think what I said is just true. And for whatever reason, people got real uptight about your that. statement was like, should the ducks be na- should the ducks be named the ducks? Because there's no actual graph geographical link. Well, to the there's ducks. no, there's just, okay. If you remove the fact that yes, they were originally the mighty ducks, AKA the only reason that they have their name. But I'm, I'm just saying that there's, and it will, so they're no longer the Mighty Ducks. They're no longer that franchise. No. They're, not owned, they're not owned by the same people. No. They've ran from that identity. They've, they've only now in the last few years have they even gotten the logo back there. They've refused to go back to those colors. All this to say, they've ran from that identity. And so you just have to wonder why even be called Ducks at that point? Is it because just business-wise, 
Ducks has more name recognition. Like I think at that point, and now they're stepping away from this, they're leaning back into the Mighty Ducks identity. But I would say that why not just have like at that point, maybe you should just come up with a new name that has more to do with the actual area because Ducks has nothing to do with the area at all. And so that just is what it is. But like we said, like we laid out very clearly, team names often have nothing to do with the geographical area. I mean, baseball is a great example of this because of how many times teams have moved around. But yeah, it's just something to th- think about. Yeah, there's no, there's no actual <laughs> rational basis for the name outside of the fact that they were once the Mighty Ducks. There's no rational basis for the name outside of the team was originally owned by the organization that put out a movie called The Mighty Ducks. That was Ducks, 30 which, years ago. Which led to them Get having their it. name, The Mighty Ducks, and they've kept that in their lineage and just dropped Mighty from it. Yeah, let, okay, so Gi- San Francisco Giants shouldn't be called the San Francisco Giants anymore. Let's drop that. No, Maybe. but they haven't They haven't ran from that, though. The like, San Francisco, the Fran- San Francisco like, like Bay, the, the, Bay, Bay Bridge? What? The, the, should the, the Utah Jazz be renamed? I don't think it'd be the worst call. Like, this is just, just... Like, I don't mind the name Ducks. I just think that... It's a, it's a, it's one of your absolute worst takes of there's no logic in them having their names. If you remove the actual logic, I mean, of what them is incorrect? What is incorrect about it? like that is a perfectly because correct of, statement. Yeah, if you remove the reason they have their name, there's no reason for them to have their name. Like, I don't think that they, a, I don't think that they should be renamed. I just think that if you're going to continue to be the Ducks, if you're going to continue to be the Ducks, you're choosing to be a name that has again nothing to do with the area. You need to lean into that identity, and I'm sorry. I don't sorry, disagree, and I'm but sorry, I also think and that I'm just sorry, keeping the name's dumb. Or and I'm saying not keeping and, the name's and dumb. And I'm sorry, but having a web D as your logo is not going to paper over that. It's not just going to make it all okay. You need to do much more identity-wise if you're going to be the Ducks than just have this freaking web D and this piping Reebok Edge remnant mess of a jersey. That's just the facts. And yes, they are returning to that very slowly. They've got a Mighty Ducks alternate. They've got the 30th anniversary jersey. But I just think that live up to the name that you have for yourself instead of just being this blah brand, which they've been. No one disagrees with me on that. Let's get through a couple of very quick hitting questions, and then we'll get out of here because I need to use the restroom. Given said, who would make a better Honda Center announcer, Felix or Jake? Felix would. what, What is Honda Center announcer? Like the announcer in Honda Center. Phil Hewlett? Yeah. You. Uh, all, he, all I'll say is this. If you want to be entertained, follow Phil Hewlett on Twitter. There you go. Uh, Gibbons also asks, have you guys discussed Emerson Edom's hiring? Yes, uh, but it may have been on the Patreon episode. Really cool for the Ducks. I think it's a good hire. Brings Ooh. diversity to the... Oh, uh, Emerson Edom, yeah. Yeah. yeah great. Diversity to the to the, the broadcast. It's going to be a good thing. Miguel Gutierrez said, Carlson better career, will Carlson have a better career than Getzloff? Ooh, I mean, unlikely because Ryan Getzlaff has a great chance to be a Hall of Famer, and that's just yep. that's hard to match. But I'll go. Yes, why not? He's he's wow. You hate Ryan Getzlaff. <laughs> okay, y'all said who will score? You're not giving an answer right now. So who will score the most goals on the team this year? Troy uh, most goals. Let's go with Mason McTavish. Who will? <laughs> when will the team start playing in the playoffs again? Two se- or not this season, but the season after. Yeah, be close two, two year. years, two years minimum. They'll be close. Uh, and he also said, uh, "Women's World Cup?" Question mark. Uh, been watching it a little bit, but haven't been tuned in too much in it. I know the U.S. drew with the 
Dutch today, though, and it was not a great game. Oh, Michael B. said, has Dan Woods surfaced anywhere? I'll let you take this one. He surfaced, all right, for the Epoch Times. Ah. Don't know anything about the Epoch Times. Uh, if you want to want to see what they're all about, just go to the, all their articles. Just go to their website. Just go um, to their website, and you'll, you'll definitely see. Oh, what was I going to say? You, 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 may, you may see some comments about uh, rigged elections there. <laughs> Look, good for Dan to get a job. Good for Dan, but Fair. also yes. But but also yes. And on that note, as I'm think... struggling to remember what I wanted to say, shoot, this is really pissing me off. Well, I guess we might have to wrap up. Don't yeah, me. let's get on out of here. Apparently, you hate the Ducks more than I do, when which is implying that? that I hate the Ducks at all. What's the better national animal, eagle or bison? Eagle. Ooh, well, whose national animal is the bison? I don't know. Who on earth? <laughs> I, would, I, I just took it as what's the better animal. I'm going with an eagle. I mean, this is very much a mammal versus flight. What, avian, yes, avian uh, species debate. You know, bison is bisons are pretty cool. They're gigantic. Ground bison tastes great. I don't know. I, he's saying it's a national animal for the U.S. So let's get out of here, though. I really need to use the restroom. Oh, oh. Ah, oh, crap. I forgot what I was going to ask you again. Oh, have you seen Jurassic Park? <laughs> yes, I have. I just, I just saw it for the first time on Friday, or Saturday. <laughs> and why didn't they kill the old guy? Why didn't, they, why didn't they have the old guy eaten? Can someone explain that to me? That dude was evil. <laughs> that, that dude was the cause of everything that was going wrong. And yet, everyone else gets eaten but him. What's up with that? You're providing a comment about a movie that... When did Jurassic Park come out? Like 1992? 1991? Or 93? One of those three years. That dude deserved to die. I'm sorry. That character deserved to die. And he just magically becomes a good guy? 1993. You're commenting on a movie that's 30 years old. He got sabotaged by the fact... Yeah, like, there's... I'm just saying... Ageism. he deserved to be eaten. No, he was evil. He was the one who created the park. He was the one who was trying to mess with nature. Like, there's a lot of issues there. He deserved to be eaten. Yeah. Also, why does the lawyer get eaten first? That's just messed up, man. That's just messed up. Okay. <laughs> On that note, we're going to get out of here. If you want to help support our show, go check out our Patreon. Search Crash the Pond Patreon, patreon.com slash crash the pond. One dollar a month, you get access to our patrons only Discord server. Jake, you can go to the bathroom while I do this, just so you know, as your cat attacks you. Don't hurt her, please. You're you're manhandling her a little too much. Okay. Oh, is she gonna purr into the mic? I was trying and to And she that. just ran. You can go to do your thing while I do this. Okay. I hope I hope you know that. Okay. And now you're wearing a cutoff? Okay. So for $1 a month, you get access to our patrons-only Discord server where you get to connect with other diehard Ducks fans, where you get to stay in the loop on all the latest news, and especially with what's going on with with X, Twitter, whatever you want to call it, with just all the kind of fraying of news sources, I think having one clean place where you just know you're going to be able to get news from our Discord is a great place uh, to join. It's $1, and you can actually... Get a year's subscription for 1080. So it's it's a little bit of a deal there. For five dollars a month, you get access to two bonus podcasts. 
where we do more Ducks topics, where we also do more NHL topics. So we do our awards picks, we do our standings predictions, we do our playoff predictions every year. It's a lot of fun, and that's for $5 a month, and it's 54 bucks for the year. So go check that out at patreon.com slash crash the pond. Also, leave us a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts. We will read your review on the show, and we greatly appreciate those five-star ratings. Also, you can follow us on and subscribe to us on Spotify. Leave us a rating there. We greatly appreciate that. Subscribe to us on YouTube, youtube.com slash crash the pond. Check out our website, crashthepond.com. Follow us on X at Reindeer Games 91. Oh, no. No. <laughs> no. Uh, Felix underscore cigar. It's still Twitter.com. It's X. Get it out. Is- Get- Follow me on Blue Sky. They can't because Blue Sky is freaking stupid. It if won't you're just on Blue- open up. If you're on Blue Sky, follow me. Well, follow follow me on follow us. We're both on Threads, and I think Threads is the one that people can actually access. And, and Threads is improving. Threads, it's really not that bad. Like anymore, I think that they really did a lot of good improvements on it. Anyway, we're to. we're on Threads, we're on Blue Sky, we're on X, we're on all of them. So f- search for us on all of those, and we'll be there. Uh, stay locked into the Sporting Tribune. And with all of that being said, thank you so much for listening, and we will talk to you next time. Have a good one. Bye.